please turn with me to Psalm 92. As I arrived this morning and searched for seats among you, I was reminded of a verse in this psalm, Psalm 92. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. As I searched among you and found the faces here, I wasn't able to find faces that didn't want to be here. I wasn't able to find children of God that were disobedient and would rather be somewhere else. I wasn't able to find unfaithful brethren or those children of the world that are here for some fleshly reason. I was able to find many brethren and many new brethren. I shared this passage with you several weeks ago on your first Lord's Day here. I'm thankful to see all of you here planted in the house of our God. Amen. I pray that we have a great day together yes. and the Lord. Let's enjoy this psalm. Please follow along as I read it to you. Psalm 92. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord Amen. and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, Amen. to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with the solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Amen. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass... And when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. First, it is a good thing, it is always a good thing, to sing, especially to give thanks, praises, about the loving kindness and faithfulness of God. The Lord should be hearing from our mouths this continual message of thanksgiving for his attributes every morning and evening. Continually. Verse 4. The works of God have made us glad, and they should make us glad. Every bit of gladness that you've ever experienced is by the work of God on your behalf. Even unbelievers and the heathen experience gladness, and it's a witness of the goodness and long-suffering of God, as Paul mentioned to those men of Lystra. They had enjoyed food and gladness, which was a witness that the Lord was good to them and that they owed him thanksgiving 
and obedience. Yes. How much more do we? Yes. We should dwell and meditate on the depth of the thoughts of God that lead to his works. Yes. The depth of his wisdom and providence in the affairs of men and nature should excite us rather than frustrate us. All events of your life are perfectly orchestrated and interwoven with the events of all other men, directed by your kind and loving Father in heaven. If you don't understand this, if you get stuck on the details of your situation, if you're consumed mostly with how to mitigate your difficulties, you're a fool. You're a brutish man, according to this psalm, which is to be like an animal. You're not seeing the big picture. Verses 7 and 8. This is a discussion of the wicked and the righteous and their differences. When the wicked are raised up in peace and prosperity, it is part of God's wonderful plan over them for their life to be destroyed forever. It's a permanent failure for them. One example of this is when the Lord speaks through Moses to Pharaoh. Even for this same cause have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. This word flourish is used three times in the psalm, once to describe what happens to the wicked in this world, and twice to describe the righteous, which means that flourishing can occur for both the wicked and the righteous, and it may appear similar in some respects when it happens in this life, but the end of it is very different. Amen. What does flourish mean? It means to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. To help to develop rapidly and successfully. We see this in many wicked men. But the Lord is most high. All his enemies will be scattered eventually. When the wicked flourish... It is so that their destruction will be more famous Amen. and more notable to men. It will testify the name of the Lord right. upon their destruction. The righteous will grow like a palm tree or like a cedar, well-established, deep roots, stronger and stronger each day, even through old age. Remember, part of the definition of flourish was especially as a result of favorable environment or circumstances. And and that is connected to being planted in the house of God. This is the favorable environment by which you may flourish most effectively. Let's root ourselves here. Let's grow our roots deeper here in the house of God. I can't help but recall the story Jesus told of Abraham and the beggar Lazarus. The fool, the rich man in that story, flourished in his life. He fared sumptuously every day. The beggar Lazarus suffered many health afflictions and eventually died. But as Psalm 49 would exhort us, the rich man also died around the same time. There was no difference, really, when it came to death. And what happened afterward was very different. The rich man asked Abraham, for Lazarus to come and put just a drop of water from his finger on his tongue because he was tormented in the flame. And Abraham reminds him, 
That wouldn't be fair, would it? You enjoyed many good things in your life. Don't you remember that? And Lazarus suffered affliction. Now Lazarus is comforted, comforted, and you are afflicted. That's fair. It wouldn't be fair for Lazarus to come to quench your thirst. And besides, it's impossible. Amen. How should we summarize the psalm? First, to give thanks to the Lord for his attributes. Continually, every day. Secondly, to dwell and meditate on the works of God and appreciate his providence in every joy or trial. Third, to, don't, to not be surprised at the temporary flourishing of the wicked. Their prosperity makes them famous, which makes their destruction more public. Yes. Fourth, to be planted in the house of God. Verse 15, I'll leave you with this thought. I found this interesting that the psalmist describes this treatment of the wicked versus the treatment of the righteous to God's fairness, showing that the Lord is upright. Right. All men are, are sinners. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that doeth good. There's none righteous. No, not one. Right. The Lord, having set his love on his elect, afterwards considers it part of his justice and fairness to uphold the righteous and bless them in time and eternity and right. to permanently destroy the wicked. Amen. This, this whole psalm is concluded to say, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. God is perfectly righteous to do all these things. We should thank him. We should not be disturbed by positive or negative circumstances as they temporarily pass us through life. We should continually give thanks and praise and especially enjoy our time in his house today. Amen. Amen.